Welcome to the Homeschool High School Podcast, brought to you by SevenSistersHomeschool.com and the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. And I'm Vicki, and I am here with my friend, Angela O'Shaughnessy. Uh, Sabrina and Kim are off doing other recordings today. And I wanted to talk to Angela about kids who are going right from high school into career rather than going to college because there's not one right way to homeschool high school and there's not one right way to do after homeschool high school. And a lot of kids need to work with the gifts God's given them and not waste four years and tens of thousands of dollars on college. So, so Angela has a couple of sons who have done just that and are being very successful in their adulting life. So, so let me tell a little bit about Angela. So Angela and I have worked together here at Pike Creek Psychological Center. We're recording in my office. We're, we were counting the years just a minute ago and I don't want to say how many, <laughs> way more than a decade. So, and we've homeschooled our kids together and co-op and our boys have done choirs together and youth groups together and crazy games together. Crazy. They have done a lot of that. So, and Angela was often the, um, uh, extra mom when my youngest was a, a wee bairn and I would come and work in the evenings. And so my Seth has spent a lot of time at her house mm-hmm. back in the day. So I, I remember him talking about what he had for supper because y'all's, <laughs> y'all's house was more interesting than mine <laughs> as far as food. So anyway, so welcome, Angela. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So today we're going to talk a little bit about preparing a high schooler for the workforce rather than trying to do a, a heavy-duty college prep things that a young person needs when they're going to get uh, like a, a real job and skip the college and then a little bit about what makes a successful life after that so yeah so Angela would you tell me let's start with because both of your boys were very different as far as their learning styles and goals let's start with your oldest Okay. And tell about what y'all concentrated on in high school. Well, he was a historian from from the age of five. He took a liking to history, and so really we we didn't think as much about career as we did about history. We kind of thought that might be his career. He got into Civil War reenacting literally when he was five, and he loved it. And so we did a lot of history uh, reenactments. We did a lot of field trips. We did a lot of reading. And um, that was something that he was very interested in. He was also very dramatic from the time he was born. So we, he got involved in some drama, some theater and things like that. But also when he, I remember at the age of two, um, watching him pick things up and examine them and try to figure them out and he always liked using his hands and even in his history he used his hands to make things that he needed for his reenactment 
to repair things that he used in his reenactment. And my husband always used his hands. He's good with re car repairs. He saved us thousands of dollars over the years. Um, he always changed the oil and things like that. <clears throat> so he taught the boys at a young age how to do that. And Brian just took a liking to it and very he's very natural with that. So as he started looking at colleges, we thought maybe he would go into a history program and end up being a teacher or something. But he came home one day and said, you know, I really like working with my hands. I want to go into machining. So he went to trade school and um, <clears throat> that's, he, that's what he does. He loves his work. And um, I tell him every once in a while how blessed he is to have understood at a young age what he was really good at and what his vocation was going to be. So one of the gifts that you gave your oldest is noticing what he was good at mm -hmm. and noticing what he was interested in. And you helped him explore, you and your husband, mm -hmm. explore both things. And so working with his hand, he was just born knowing things and figuring things out and working with his hands. And then he developed early on the history interest. Mm -hmm. And you guys respected that and didn't say, no, we have to put you in this box. No, you have to be a certain kind of way. And y'all let him run with it. And he ran with it. I remember him hand-making leather goods mm -hmm. and... Oh, like he spent a lot of time at reenactments. He was part of a, a, what do they call it? A troop or something? Uh, something. <laughs> he was on the field at reenactments. Yes, and we were blessed that he was able to find a, a group that were mostly Christians, and there were older men, adult men who mentored him, and helped him along. And it turned out that even with, even though he didn't end up being a historian vocationally, even the reenacting helped him develop his skills that he's using now. We have a stove on our back porch that he made himself that he takes and uses at reenactments. So that's that, just that it was a God-given gift. Mm -hmm. So people, if they have an interest, doesn't mean that has to be their career because we have vocations, but we also have avocations to be a a healthy person we should have career and things that we are just liking to do absolutely and I also think that even if your kid does something that they find out they don't like mm -hmm. that is helpful too it helps them rule things out mm -hmm. it also may help them learn a skill that they may use even if it's not their calling um, nobody particularly loves laundry or at least most people don't but I taught my kids when they were around eight how to do their own laundry. <clears throat> that is very impressive. <laughs> I think my, my kids, I waited till they were 13, like on their 13th birthday. I said, guess what you get for your birthday? I'm going to teach you how to do laundry. It's all yours now. But that's is, is adulting life skills mm -hmm. is something that you integrate as, as personal development mm -hmm. in their education. And all kids need that. They make jokes about millennials who can't do anything yeah. for themselves. Um, and that's in part, I think, because there's this big pressure on you got to prepare kids for high-powered college experiences. And 
that's just a waste of time for a lot of kids. Right. You know, even if your kid gets a job at Chick-fil-A, they learn how to go on an interview. Mm-hmm. They learn how to look people in an eye and mm-hmm. in the eye and speak um, articulately. Mm-hmm. Um, they may, they may or they may not find out that they like cooking mm-hmm. or they like service, mm-hmm. the service industry. It may turn out to be a vocation. It may turn out to be something that just build some skills that they can use later on. Yeah, there's never a, a wasted experience. So one of the things that in allowing Brian to develop his interests in the history is you guys really encouraged him in helping the, the reenactment community in different ways. So I remember him kind of helping run like the annual Civil War ball that... uh, Yes, he did that up until last year. And that was like leadership (laughs) positions. He had to to organize and publicize and really make Mm -hmm. things happen. And uh, and to be the kind of a guy who doesn't go with the stereotype, oh, you know, homeschool boys don't ever dance. Like he could cut a rug Civil War style. He started learning to dance when he was 12, and that was something he's always loved. And now he's engaged, and um, his fiance is a lovely dancer, and so they're really beautiful together, and it's something they can do and enjoy together. That's beautiful. So, Now, when he was in high school, then academically, what kind of things did y'all concentrate on? Um... We just did a whatever you told us to do. <laughs> oh, gee, do you mean I was his academic advisor? Um, yeah, and that was a, the one of the reasons I wanted to talk is because I actually know Brian's history in high school and your younger ones. Um, and that he did not waste his time trying to do high-powered honors classes. He did college prep. He did average courses. Mm-hmm. And he did the majority of his effort and interest in developing skills and and his history stuff. Right. So, and having a really well-rounded, like, extracurricular experience. So, yes. Yeah. So he did high school well. It fit him perfectly. And then when he graduated, how did he choose machining over other things? Do you have any idea? I don't honestly know. I just know that was something that he loved. He was good at uh, making up his mind and doing things. I will say he he is still that way. Um, One thing I think that may have helped him is that we had a friend of a friend who had retired early, had uh, w- was comfortable financially, and had enough money that he could hire a young person to come in and help him with various jobs. Um, he was a retired engineer, and he was very smart and very good at what he did. And so he hired Brian for... I think he may have started when he was 16 and continued until he had finished his uh, vocational training. So maybe four or five years he worked for this man and um, he did a lot of different tasks. He, He painted, he put down flooring, he helped build a deck and he helped stain the deck. He took care of the dogs. He, um, put up drywall. He did all of those things. And because this man was so good at what he did, and he took the time to teach Brian 
how to do them and a lot of the finer details. So he learned a lot from this man. <clears throat> By the time he was finished, he was pretty tired of it, but he had all of these skills that he had learned. <clears throat> and he had the natural knack for it, but doing, having this guy who mentored him um, <clears throat> helped him put the skill with the natural inclination. It, it built his, uh, like, set of things that he could mm -hmm. figure out and work with his hands, which leads to one of the things both of your sons have done brilliantly is network. So, you know, and your family does that. Like, I think you know everybody in the whole wide world, and you're such a <laughs> quiet person <laughs> that I think you know everybody. And it's because you guys are comfortable and accepting of people. And so when you go to church, you make friends, you get involved, and your whole family was that way wherever you were in the community, is you were just accepting and willing to, to jump in there and do things. But that opened doors for opportunities in the, in the different areas that you guys are connected. That is true. Um, I am a quiet person and I had a very hard time with that when I was young. I didn't have, I didn't have people who helped me um, as much. And so that was something I really wanted to pr provide for my kids. And so I would keep an eye out for people who could help them with the things that they were interested in. Mm -hmm. um, when, when Brian started actually reenacting, he was 12 years old, and I wouldn't let him go to a reenactment by himself because he was 12. But So my husband went with him for maybe the first year, and then we got to know the men. We, we knew that they were... Um, reliable and they were Christians and we trusted them and reenactment reenacting really wasn't my husband's thing and so then he started backing out and Brian started going with the group but um, so I would keep an eye out for people who were older and who had skills and not just skills but character and I would try to connect them with those people and your boys are <laughs> willing to cooperate with that which yes. shows that they had some, yeah, it's hard to cooperate with your mom's ideas sometimes, but your <laughs> your uh, sons mostly went along with that. Well, the oldest one is very outgoing, and so he, once he got rolling, he made yeah. connections of his own. He was, he's just naturally inclined to be that way, so yeah. um, I didn't have to help him as much once he got started. And now he went to the local community college and got um, certified in machining. Like yes. they, it's a, a Delaware Technical and Community College, so he was able to do the technical training he needed. Correct. And now, all right, so he's engaged now, and tell me about his career a little bit. Um, so he was hired, um, the, the man that I talked about before who kept him employed for four or five years um, connected him with someone that he knew who um, was starting a machining and fabrication company and so it was a new company uh, they had maybe existed for a year or two so they were ready to hire an employee outside of their family and they hired Brian as an apprentice <clears throat> and they started out 
by the time he, before he had been there a year, he was the shop foreman. He already had a lot of responsibility and was looking out for the other new hires that they had brought in. So they saw that he was very trustworthy. He was very natural in his skills. And uh, so he just, they did all kinds of things for all kinds of different companies and um, and private individuals. And he just learned a lot from the hands-on experience. So for him, there were two things. His training that he got. Mm-hmm. And the networking, it's who you know. And right. a lot of life is networking. So he, he, the guy he worked for connected him with the new company and that opened doors. And then once he was there, he worked it. So he mm-hmm. really, really made sure he was a conscientious person that he used his leadership skills and his, his um, excellent work ethic skills mm-hmm. and climbed right up the ladder. So. And then he he also kept in touch with uh, his machining instructor from the community college. And because he had networked um, several months ago, one of the companies that he had done work for came to him and said, our machinist is retiring. We want you to come and interview. So he interviewed and they hired him. So now he has a job making significantly more money. Um, getting married and has benefits now and loves his work. So that networking served him well again and moving yeah. up. Yeah. And that it, he showed that he, by his work ethic and his skill, that he was worth being recruited mm-hmm. and, uh, and it opened doors just in time to get married to a Absolutely. girl that he met in his reenacting. Right. Yes. So the, his just fascinating journey that he took. Now let's talk a little bit about your youngest, who is a completely different personality, and he's uh, more quiet. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Kevin had some learning difficulties yes. earlier on. So let's talk about his high school years. Okay, so Kevin um, does have dyslexia and some other learning disabilities that we've had to work on. And I remember around 8th or ninth grade crying a lot and thinking that I was failing him and not sure what his future was going to look like because he was struggling so much. And my husband had some very wise words that I want to share because I hope it will help and bless somebody else. Um, One day when I was crying, he said, you know, life is long. He has plenty of time to figure it out. (laughs) I love it. And so that that was something that I had to tell myself many times, and it was so true. You know, we look at developmental charts, and we look at what they're supposed to do in high school and what they're supposed to do after high school, and not everybody fits that. Mm Mm-hmm. Everybody has their own time um, time chart, their own scheme of things that they that God created them for. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't always look like what everybody else thinks they should do. So it's not one <laughs> right way to be a person. Amen. <laughs> so um, Kevin just had his own plan. Or I should say God had his own plan for Kevin. So he, (laughs) 
at, when he was very young, we had a guy in our church who played guitar. And um, he had, now to me, a guitar is a guitar, but evidently Kevin remembered this guitar and it was really cool. So he decided when he saw that guy playing guitar that he wanted to play guitar. And then we had a Guitar Hero video game that he played at home. And that made yeah. him even more <laughs> determined that he was going to play guitar. So he took his first lessons from an older high school student, a homeschool mm -hmm. student mm -hmm. who taught him the basics. And then from there, he, we uh, hired a professional instructor that he took lessons from mm -hmm. for several years. And then the whole point of this story is that he took um, a, a um, music theory course in high school. And that course and the playing of music, I believed, helped his brain develop mm -hmm. and helped him learn some skills that he was having a hard time with otherwise. You know, that's when my son that has dyslexia uh, and he has auditory processing trouble, mm -hmm. One of the ways we helped him move through that and be able to read and write and speak well was learning how to play the piano mm -hmm. because you learn rhythm, you learn where things start and stop, and it goes at that from a different part of your brain. So, yeah, I remember how much he loved that guitar mm -hmm. and dedicated to his lessons. And he still plays most days. That's uh. his form of relaxation. But I do think that the music lessons really helped, as you said, mm -hmm. it uses a different part of the brain and it really helped develop him a lot. Now for him, that's an interest. It was never like, oh, I want to go to college and study and be a music teacher or something. Correct. It was something he was doing because he loved it. Correct. So he also had the training from my, from my husband to change oil and work on cars. That was a helpful skill to him, but it, again, was not something that he loved. It was not something that particularly came naturally to him. It's a skill that he can use when he needs it, but it's not something that he will use if he can avoid it. Yeah, so he didn't, that's not his first love in life. Right. Yeah. So um, it took longer to figure out for him, and actually he's still kind of figuring it out. Mm -hmm. he, he just turned 22. So again, there's not one right way to be a person. He's That's still right. working through it, but he is gainfully employed. When he was 16, um, I had a friend and coworker who um, her husband owned a masonry business, and he was hired by him to uh, just a general worker. So again, that was something that taught him skills. It taught him how to interact with with grown men and it mm -hmm. taught him skills as far as concrete work and building and how that all works but it wasn't something that he wanted to continue as a career he's also a small person and so it it was hard on him physically so he decided it was time to move on now he though he it wasn't like oh this is the job of my dreams but he was very diligent like he did a good work ethic while he was there and didn't he end up with a like driving a company truck or something he did he uh -huh. he um, had responsibility that some of the adult men 
were not allowed to have. And that that shows, you know, he learned from his parents and by his his own personal training with you guys to be responsible. About six months maybe after he got another job and moved on, I ran into his old boss and I thanked him for giving Kevin a chance to work and to learn how to to be a man mm-hmm. um, but he um, and he said to me I would hire him again in a second uh-huh. so he clearly saw his work mm-hmm. ethic um, so he moved on and networking was something that he was learning mm-hmm. so he um, our associate pastor is someone who is the king of networking and knows everybody in the tri-state area it seems like so um, he went to him and said, I'm ready to look for another job. Will you help me? And so he connected him with a man in our church who owns his own land surveying business. And he was hired and um, he's been doing that for a few years now and his boss loves him. And it's been a good skill building job as well. So that's again, with both of your sons, it was the networking that brought opportunities around so kind of have a theme here is teach your kids to network you know model that for them help them learn the process by Mm -hmm. by getting it started for them but they should be just like your youngest even though kevin's quiet when he was ready to do the next thing he went you didn't go to the the associate pastor he went and he said you got some connections, and um, mm-hmm. and Kevin's built that relationship with that assistant pastor, so that the that gentleman knew Kevin was somebody that he could honestly refer to mm-hmm. another business. Um, so he he has developed, even though he's quiet, he develops relationships. Mm-hmm. He had also um, done some snow shoveling and some manual labor stuff for our associate pastor so Mm -hmm. he knew him well enough to feel like he could recommend him Mm -hmm. um and there's another story i'd like to tell not about my kids but because we've talked a lot about networking there's a young man in our church who has started his own um advertising and and graphic design business and the reason i want to talk about him is i just read an article about him recently and he did a lot of networking and he went he would go to people and say can I shadow in your business and they would say okay you can do that for a day rather than saying will you hire me Mm -hmm. you know they were only giving up a day of their time for him to shadow in the business Mm -hmm. and he would bake cookies and take with him and so as he approached people he would say would you like a cookie and so while they were munching on cookies he could ask questions so I just thought that was a fantastic story of a young person networking and learning from other people. That's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So another thing in high school that Kevin did was he got interested in Civil Air Patrol? Yes, and that has been something. He has had a long-time interest in military things, and he has not joined the military for a lot of various reasons, talking and talking to mentors and um, listening to his parents and praying he has determined that that's not what his calling is but he did join Civil Air Patrol and um, 
really, really just took off there. And that also helped him with his networking skills. It helped him with reading and test taking because there are levels and they have to be able to read and take the test. And it's a little different from high school where mom can make accommodations. They kind of have to do it on their own in a timely manner. It also helped him do it in a timely Mm -hmm. manner as opposed to procrastinating Mm -hmm. (laughs) until his mom forces him. So, um, and because it was something that he loved, he was motivated to do Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, so putting education in the right context for him helped him leverage up some of the things that he could already do. They were just difficult for Mm -hmm. him. I mean, he even gave speeches, right? Yes, and his uh, leaders had some very kind words for Mm -hmm. him after his speech. So that was such a blessing to me because I had to work so hard at getting him to do things like that in school. And I remember him telling me after graduation, finally, I can start learning because school is over. (laughs) Because for him, (laughs) reading, writing, and arithmetic were not where his brilliance is. And, uh, and he can do all those things. It just isn't the love of his life. And so to get to the place where he has the freedom to learn what he wants on his own terms is a really good thing for him. So at high school level, what are some of the ways that you adapted education to him, what his needs were? Well, we did a lot of audiobooks, and um, we did read-alouds because I love doing that, mm-hmm. but not only because it was a good accommodation, but because it was a good family time that we could do together. Um, we, I sent him, I finally learned <laughs> to send him to someone else to do math. Um, Which was brilliant, because you found someone who could think on his level with him, mm-hmm. like kind of get get where he was and bring him along where he needed mm-hmm. to go. Um, I'm trying to think of other things. He did a lot of, of dictation earlier on. Yes, and even with his speech that he did with Civil Air Patrol, mm-hmm. he, he had the thoughts and ideas and he would dictate to me and I would mm-hmm. type them because that was a much faster way of getting it done because with his disabilities the processing from mind to hand was a waste of time so he can write well enough to do whatever he has to do but to do 10 page research papers or speeches you know written out on paper a lot of that is just a ridiculous waste of time and it's exhausting yeah and uh, so that using the dictation service of, of mom, like you were mm-hmm. not writing for him. Correct. You were, you were his transcriptionist. Correct. Yeah. And there would be times because I am a writer. Sometimes I would, I would read it to him and say, you know, I think you could make this a little more concise mm-hmm. or what if you think about this? So I would help him with thinking through it, but I would not write for him. Yeah, so that's the difference between doing his work for him and being a coach. Yes. And that's what, with kids with special needs, we have to be willing to develop an IEP for them in a way. Mm-hmm. So, you know, his, his support system was, was being able to dictate 
and you did not work for him, but you did coach him through the process. So he would dictate, and then y'all would discuss the yes. papers. And I read his papers, and I talked to him, and I, I know he got a quality education for him for what he needed, and he met state requirements at the level that he needed. And now he's out running the world out there in a job that you know, he may not stay in that profession forever, but it's paying his bills and he's mm-hmm. being a successful, responsible adult and still doing the things he loves, like playing his guitar and Mr. Fitness, like he, the videos you show me of the things he does, like fitness wise, so pretty amazing. He's actually getting ready this weekend to go to a Spartan Beast race. It's an all-terrain, 12-mile um, um, obstacle course, and he has been training for that. Back in the fall, he did an 8-mile course, and now he's doing the 12-mile course. And um, when he gets done, he looks beat, and he has blisters on his feet, and I say, to me, it looks like torture. But I say to him, did you have fun? And he's like, yes, let's do it again. <laughs> so for him, this is like his idea of a party. Is yes. to do a Spartan Beast race. And he has learned so much through his interest. He He's learned, believe it or not, phys, um, anatomy. Mm-hmm. Because he wants to develop different parts of his body mm-hmm. and he's he loves helping other people develop that interest so he's learned a lot from listening and learning from other people how to instruct people um, how to be able to communicate to other people mm-hmm. on a level that they can understand um, he's learned a lot about different science biology and and uh, he can explain things now that I don't even understand. But it's education on his terms. Yes. And it works for him. So what what we're after is that young people don't all have to be college-bound to have a wonderful life. And that if they have parents that believe in them, that help them develop skills and interests and learn how to network, that they will become the people that God created them to be, which is nice. Absolutely. And they don't always have to know what their vocation is by the time they're 21 or 22. So what did, what did your husband say? His quote about life is long? or Life is long. There's plenty of time to learn. That's right. So, well, that's a good place to wrap it up. So thank you, Angela, for joining us. And this has been the Homeschool High School Podcast, brought to you by Seven Sisters, homeschool.com, and the ultimate homeschool radio network. Thank you.